Hello everybody, my name's Darren, I write a blog, it's called The Demon's Voice, about movies and shit like that. You can find it at demonsvoice.blogspot.com, and I'm also on Twitter, at Demon's Voice, of which you should definitely follow me, because why the fuck not? Hope you're having a good week, if weeks still exist. I think we're at the point in lockdown in which time no longer has any meaning. I've started reading books, though, imagine. I've read more books over the last few weeks than I think I have before then, since birth. You wouldn't believe how many I've ploughed through. It's insane. Two. I've read two books, it's getting out of hand. Generally, I'm not a big reader because, you know, who the fuck has the time until now, in which case, everyone. But why would I spend the entire year working my way through the Lord of the Rings books if I could just watch them all in one day on DVD? The math speaks for itself, really. It's time-saving. It's logical. Plus, with a movie, I can take a break by occasionally whacking one off to live Tyler. Especially when she says, if you want him, come on. Yeah, just did. I just did. Is it even possible to whack off to a book? Unless it has pictures? I guess it must be possible. I saw a second-hand copy of Fifty Shades of Grey in a charity shop once, and because of its previous owner, it looked more like a papier-mâché brick than a book. If the first three little piggies built their houses out of straw, sticks, and then bricks, the fourth one could have built his out of spaffed-up copies of Fifty Shades of Grey, and I reckon he'd have survived a nuclear fucking bomb. I know that not all books have been adapted yet, but I try to avoid them too, because they're just full of spoilers for the movies that will one day be made of them. I do own a few books, but mostly because, after seeing John Wick 3, I realised how good they are for self-defence. The most recent book that I read, though, was the comedian Sarah Pascoe's book Animal, the autobiography of a female body. I read it because as a male I wanted to know what life would be like from a perspective that I could never possibly get myself. I wanted to understand women better and I want to be more empathetic as a result. As a single male who wants girls to like him, however, I was wondering if I could weaponize these new insights to convince them to bang me easier. But then I read the chapter about childbirth, in which it explained how babies' heads can sometimes be so big that it completely rips the woman open, to the point that she starts leaking her own faecal matter out of her vagina, and I concluded that I might never be able to get an erection now anyway. Anyway, this week's blog is on the film The Rover, which came out a few years ago. It is by David Michaud and stars Guy Pearce and Robin Patterson. Uh, it's set during an apocalypse. Uh, how relevant. Uh, so sit back and enjoy. Cheers. I don't know about you, but once we get over the shock of having to eat each other's face meat to survive, I think the apocalypse will be pretty good fun. Just imagine the disappointments of all those fundamentalist Christians who thought they'd ascend to heaven, only to find themselves still stuck down here and forced to shit into a hole like the rest of us. What an absolute laugh that'll be. We could taunt them the way they've been taunting gay people for thousands of years. Come on now, God boy, shit in a ditch because Jesus didn't love you. Also, fuck society, it's a piece of shit anyway. The only way that most of us are getting the deposit to buy a property is by selling off our kidneys, then renting out our arsehole to some rich sugar daddy who insists on calling us Little Piggy in case using our real names humanises us too much for him. But with society gone and us all scrabbling around in the same old dirt, it'd no longer matter which class you were born into or what cunty connections you made at your snobby piece of shit private school. All that would matter is the size of the rock in your hand, how hungry you are, and how much you like the persons between you and that delicious looking rat. I also think it'd be nice to have a bit of structure in my life. Right now I'm sort of treading water, having spent the last directionless decade achieving an impressive sweet fuck all. I like the idea of knowing that as long as I'm not being splayed open and feasted upon by a rabid hillbilly gang of cannibals by the end of each day, then I might come close to experiencing a sense of achievement for fucking once. For some context, I wrote all that before the coronavirus pandemic took place. I have a backlog of blogs in my drafts and I could not be asked to write a new one for this week. But clearly what we're going through right now is not quite what I had in mind. I want something that leads to biker gangs and road warriors, and not just middle-aged women beating the shit out of each other in Aldi for the last packet of fucking bog roll. This situation is not the great level that I was hoping for, and the one that we're constantly being told that it is. If it was, then we wouldn't be seeing a higher death rate amongst both the elderly and the working classes, while somebody like Madonna is filming a video in a bath place with rose petals, as her heart plays soothingly in the fucking background. Although, as films featuring Madonna go, it still managed to be less offensively awful than fucking Swept Away was. Anyway, why did I mention all this again, I asked my former self? 
I only mention all of this because I've just caught up with the 2014 post-apocalyptic drama The Rover. And by just, I mean a few months back when I was choosing to stay in to watch films for fun. As it turns out, I was actually practicing for life during this pandemic, and so ultimately training to save lives. Well done me. It, and by it I mean The Rover, starts with a title card explaining to us that the movie is set ten years after the collapse of society, but doesn't go into any further details as to how that might have happened. Bat aids, apparently. Based on how things are going right now, though, I can almost guarantee that whatever happened would have been the result of a bunch of fucking racists being allowed to vote on some shit that they didn't have even the remotest fucking understanding of. Ah, uh, Brexit, so nostalgic for that right now. I can't wait for the cannibals to crack open these people's thick fucking skulls to scoop out what little fucking brains they have before mushing them into fucking goop and using it as fucking lube. God, I was angry about this. At this point, I'm so desperate for human contact, I think I'd quite enjoy having my head caved in if I'm honest. I know that the rover is meant to depict a dystopian wasteland because of how few people seem to be left, but people are fucking horrible. I genuinely listen to YouTube videos of ambient zombie noises to go to bed each night because nothing brings me more peace than thinking I won't have to deal with you fucking people ever again. Uh, during the first few days of lockdown and when the streets were completely deserted, I'd even go out jogging to the score of Dawn of the Dead to get into this fantasy. If there's an event that ever wipes out most of us and all I have to do is slum it for a few decades before dying of hunger and having wasps lay eggs into my fucking eyes, then count me the fuck in. This will seem less funny in about a week when the only detail I got wrong turns out to be that I said wasps instead of killer fucking hornets. The Rover, oh yeah, we're talking about a film, is pretty light on story, which is one of the many things that it was criticised for at the time of its release. Set in Australia, the film begins with a broken and gruff-looking Guy Pearce having his car stolen by a gang of thieves who are in the middle of fleeing from another botched robbery. Like me in my 20s, Guy Pearce has little on his schedule beyond living with depression and then eventually dying. Oh, how things have changed for me. And so he decides to go after them to get it back. That's pretty much the film, to be honest. He does seem pretty angry about it, though. It's like that bit in Pulp Fiction in which John Travolta says that it would have been worth somebody keying his car, just so that he could catch them doing it to enjoy exacting his revenge on them. In Travolta's case, I imagine that would be to force them into massaging his anus, but with Guy Pearce here, it seems that things will be a little bit more shooty in the fucking keddy. Uh, in case you don't get the John Travolta comment, then I should explain that a lawsuit was filed against him by a masseuse in 2012, claiming that Travolta would open his legs and spread his butt cheeks open, and had a full erection and would manoeuvre in a way to try to force Doe Plaintiff number 2 to touch his anus and around his anus. I mean, would you rather live in a world in which some poor minimum wage masseuse is being forced to touch a rich man's poo shoot, or one in which you can murder a person for stealing your car? Because, uh, quite frankly, I would rather be shot in the head by Guy Pearce than have to stare into the dark fucking abyss of John Travolta's holiest of holies. Although, at least we now know what John Travolta expects from a $5 shake. Eventually, Pearce also teams up with an injured and slightly simple-minded Robert Pattinson, who claims to know where the gang of car thieves will be hiding. From that point on, the rover takes an of mice and men style dynamic, but even better really because I wasn't forced to read this over and over again in fucking school. You might think as well with me having described it as a car-focused apocalyptic revenge movie set in the outback that the rover owes a debt to Mad Max, but it doesn't really. Mad Max is a lot more high adrenaline in terms of action, with its weird world and collection of madcap characters being a lot more fucking gonzo. The Rover is more of an old-fashioned western, with Guy Pearce's silent and unnamed anti-hero being the genre's typical lone gunslinger, out to avenge his perceived injustice. Even the world has a more western-like vibe to it, with it not quite having fallen entirely. There's still shops and bars and currency. In retrospect, I don't remember seeing any toilet roll or hand sanitizer though, to be fair. People aren't quite as sparse as they seem in 2015's The Survivalist, or even 2009's The Road. Everything is just a lot more desolate, with the law being virtually non-existent. The lack of any radical story was never an issue for me because I was quite happy to just take this road trip with Pierce and Pattinson to see the intricacies of how their broken society still just about functions. Call it research for my five-year plan, I guess. It was nice. It seemed peaceful. 
Although five years suddenly seems quite optimistic, doesn't it? Sure, the odds of having your brain shot across the fucking wall seem to have dramatically increased, but I work in a scummy little place called Birkenhead. There's always a risk of that happening for me anyway. This film is the second feature from David Michaud, following on from his debut masterpiece Animal Kingdom, which is probably the reason that it slipped through the cracks a little. Juggling chainsaws is an impressive trick, but if you do it after shitting out a pot of gold, then it's going to seem a little anticlimactic and get a little forgotten about. In that metaphor, the rover is the juggling chainsaws as opposed to the shat-out pot of gold, obviously, but it's still entirely worthy of being seen and talked about because of how distinct and brilliantly well done it is. A few people had an issue with the very end in which the film culminates as a sort of unexpected punchline. Going back to Travolta, it's a little like his film Blowout, in which the denouement reveals the film to have been set up to be a pitch-black joke. But with the rover, I did find it funny, and touching too because of what it was, but funny. Look at me suddenly running out of jokes and becoming annoyingly earnest here. I'll probably resort to swearing in a minute as I panic I might lose your attention. The way the end reveals itself was one of those moments in which the penny dropped and I shouted, oh fuck off at the screen, but in a good way. Oh fuck off as in I'm very impressed and not oh fuck off as in I fucking hate you people and I'd rather live during a fucking apocalypse and fucking talk to you. Fucking told you. These final few moments also allow Pierce's character a shred of humanity that had only been hinted through his opening up to Robert Pattinson on their drives. Opening up emotionally, I mean, not like Travolta on a massage bed. One negative review described this movie as bleak, brutal, and ultimately pointless, with another saying that the destination doesn't quite feel worthy of the journey. I fully agree too, but only if you were to apply those reviews to fucking human life as well. Fucking hit the button and nuke us all, I say. I don't mind dying as long as you fuckers have to come with me. Uh, to be fair, I still stand by this. Whilst we wait for that to happen, though, you can do a hell of a lot worse than chilling out for two hours and watching this movie. Thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time. Maybe. Thank you.